Hey, I've been thinking about how every day of the week has had its own hashtag moment. There was hashtag Monday mood. Can't really remember what Tuesday was about, but there was hashtag woman crush Wednesday and then hashtag throwback Thursday. I think flashback Friday had a moment, but none of these are really popular anymore. But today is Thursday, at least when I'm publishing this. And so in true throwback Thursday fashion, I dug up a voice memo I recorded of a phone call with mom two years ago. January 2021. We were still early in our recipe recording process, and this was before I'd learned how to use Zoom to record our conversations, which, if anyone listening is into podcast production, Zoom basically allows you to record speakers on separate tracks, which then makes editing a lot easier, because in the event that people talk over one another, which mom and I often do, you don't just have one jarbled cacophony of voices fighting for dominance. You can parse it out and actually get a record of who interrupted who first. A lot has changed since this conversation was recorded, and it's a little weird to be producing this episode in February 2023, thinking about where I was back then. I was a junior in college, living in a studio apartment. Classes were all online. I had just spent my first holiday season alone. It was a rough winter for a lot of reasons, and I struggled to find the motivation to cook for myself. I just wasn't excited about food. And whenever that happens, I turn to mom's soy sauce noodles, which is the inspiration for today's episode. It's a recipe that, for me, represents a loving hug in a bowl. And it seems that across cultures, whether coming to you in the form of spaghetti and meatballs, mac and cheese, chicken noodle soup, ramen, noodles represent a bowl of comfort. Love, if you will. So, in the context of Valentine's Day coming up, it's a timely recipe to share. And I have some thoughts on love, in all its forms, but mostly when it comes in the shape of a bowl of noodles. So that's what's on the menu today. Noodles, and some half-baked thoughts about love. I'll meet you in the kitchen. I don't have a video recording of this call, but I found the notes I made during it, and I had this jotted down. Asked mom where recipe from, eyes light up. I assume this means at the time when I asked mom about where her noodle recipe comes from, her eyes lit up as she began to describe a noodle shop from her hometown of Zhenjiang. One room, one room, right? It's family style, one room, one room, one room, a tiny storefront with no divide between the cooking and dining areas. The kitchen is the restaurant. There's a single table and a handful of stools, which means that unless you win the fight for a seat, you eat standing up. And you could argue standing might actually be the better seat in the house because it gives you full view of the main attraction, the cooking. There's a single gigantic pot bubbling furiously with water with bowls crowded on the countertop around it. And at the center of it all, the chef orchestrating the entire food production. Just steam everywhere. When you walk in, you're hit with wafts of steaming air. You can't escape it. 
and almost have to swallow it like an appetizer before the noodles. The heat from the stove, steam rising from the pot, the sound of customers. There's energy. It's not just steam that fills that room. There's something else in the air. Mom calls it qi, which, if you were to parcel out the characters and directly translate them, comes out to smoke via air. But it's not a literal description of the atmosphere. qi refers to a kind of intangible energy. It's hard to describe. It's like walking into your apartment building and being able to smell your neighbor's cooking. Overhearing the sound of laughter when you walk by a playground in the summer. Laundry hanging out of someone's window. Kind of like being in a coffee shop, off in your own corner with a drink and a book. Alone, but part of some larger scene. The intimacy of being in each other's lives, even without a direct connection. Do you get that sense? Water just boiling, waiting. You have a picture? Mom learned this recipe by just watching the cook. How long he boiled the noodles, what sauces got poured, what toppings he used. She memorized it all, then copied it at home. Some things don't have to be taught. Some things you just pick up. Some things is called a wu shi zi tong, like this. That's what I will say. It's not like, oh, especially come here, I'm gonna cook, teach you how to cook a noodle. Just gradually, when you see, you see, you see, you see your family cooking, your mom cooking, or you went to the store, you see, you automatically just the process. You you know Because just like you make a sandwich, right? You know, daily make sandwich, or your parents always pack the sandwich. Then you you're not going to say, hey, how to make a sandwich, right? You layer of this, layer of that. Yeah. You make your sandwich. It reminds me of trying to cram for a test by putting a textbook under your pillow and hoping you'll just magically absorb the knowledge. It's never worked for me, but there are some things you just learn by living, like how to make sandwiches or cereal. cereal <laughs> milk. Right? <laughs> because you see your parents, but that's all the time with to you. So it's just, do you, you don't have to ask, right? I can say, for me, it's like 无师自通, yeah? I guess that means you're always, you're always learning, right? Even when yeah, you don't yeah, think yeah. you're you learning. You learn by the, your life, so when you see, you see, now you learn. You know, you're not specially learning, you don't Right. Does English have this this word? Does English? I don't know, I'd have to do some research. When directly translated, Tong means without a teacher, self-clarity. Google translates as it means self-taught or observational learning, which isn't as poetic, but anyways. Basically just describes you coming to a realization about something without having to be taught it directly by someone. I've been wondering if love categorizes as something that is 无师自通. You don't ever really take a class on love, but through being loved, loving others, just watching the world, you learn what love is. 
So for something that comes naturally to us, you'd think that by this point in human history we'd have it sorted out. And yet, there's data that shows how in the days leading up to Valentine's Day, Google's top searches remain what is love, how to love yourself, how do you know when you love someone, what does love mean? All big questions. And in an era of swipe culture that magnifies a search for love, I wonder if any of us actually know what we're looking for. We're often told that we'll know when we find it, that it'll just feel right. Because of course, love does not have to be taught. But how can you know you have found something if you don't truly know what you're looking for? I wonder if, when it comes to love, we're searching for a feeling we've felt before. Something from a past life that we can't remember or quite articulate, but we're certain that when we feel it, we'll know we've found it. And that that is often the reason we break up. Something wasn't quite right, a feeling wasn't quite there. Or maybe the issue is that so often we're trying to replicate the kinds of love that are portrayed on TV, which are often unrealistic plot lines. I've been thinking about this when I make mom's noodles. How I'm always trying to replicate, not just the way hers tasted, but also that feeling of being fed a home-cooked meal. The first time I made these noodles, I did my best to replicate what I knew from memory. It didn't come out great, which is why I had to call mom. Something was missing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And it turns out mom has had the same struggle. She's never been able to fully replicate the noodles of her childhood, despite the fact that its base ingredients are ridiculously simple, it's really just soy sauce and noodles. But the chef made it look so effortless, you couldn't help but have the audacity to think that you could do it too. It's freaking tasty, you know? It's so weird. Everything's so under control, Nicole. You look at him, he seems like no big deal. Just, uh, he doesn't pay attention. Actually, he knows so well, but act like he doesn't pay any attention. Mom remembers how casual the chef was when it came to these noodles. The restaurant was fast-paced, but he was in a flow state. He threw handfuls of noodles into the water without measuring, trusting that his hands recognized the weight of a portion. One bunch of noodles. Another bunch. No hesitation, no doubt. And when it came time to prepare the soy sauce dressing, the same fluid motion was used. Bowls were lined up in a row, and using a large ladle, perfect amounts of the soy sauce dressing were streamed into the bowls, the same kind of one-stroke motion I've seen bartenders use when filling up a row of shots. And somehow, the simple combination of just these two ingredients was perfect. I don't know, I think a special made, just so flavored, just noodle benson. It's nothing else. It's just soy sauce. Yeah, and even if you try to make it at home, it's not the same. You could say love was the secret ingredient. 
caring hands gently caressing soft bundles of noodles, placing them into rolling water to be gently boiled to springy perfection. They're then carefully ladled out of the water, placed into the bowls with a harmoniously seasoned soy sauce dressing, mixed with care so that each strand is delightfully delicious. Yeah, I don't know. I've been to these kinds of restaurants. It's less Waltz of the Flowers, more Beethoven Symphony No. 5. It's crowded. There's people yelling. Personal space is a concept that does not exist. The chef is sweating. You're sweating. And there's only one goal. Eat. Slurp. Leave. I don't think love, at least our stereotypical perception of what love is, is what made these noodles taste the way they did. And mom's theory is that taste came as a package with the entire atmosphere of the restaurant. In a cold day, you are expecting that you watch something, it's a, the whole thing make you remember that flavor. It's not just the noodle flavor. There's an energy. Yeah, yeah, you go there, you see the whole process. Don't you think make more tastier? <laughs> it's the whole show. It's the orchestra of touch, smell, sight, and sound that make up the taste of the noodles. The welcome warmth of a bustling restaurant on a dreary day. The smell of fresh food. The sight of a crowd of customers, some already enjoying the same bowl of noodles you're about to, which only adds to the anticipation. And of course, the most important sound in a noodle shop. You hear the people start eating like, you know, like, it's not saying the way noodles stop. <laughs> Slurping. Yeah. The most romantic sound, don't you think? All of this combined creates a kind of energy that comes through in the food. And it begins with a chef who, in all the craziness that surrounds them, is present and intentional with each dish they make. And it makes me wonder if intention, more than love, is the secret ingredient for most things in life. It's, it's different because the energy is different when you put into it. I totally agree with you. You need your patience. When you cook, then come out, it's, it's good. And yeah, you have to want to, you have to want to make it. Yeah, it's like, you have to have passion. The past month, I've both figuratively and literally put food on the back burner, which I know is ironic given the central role that it plays on this show, but between work, producing the show, keeping up with friends, errands, cooking hasn't been my top priority. And I've been entering the kitchen less out of excitement and more out of obligation because my wallet just can't handle eating out every meal. And when I do finally get to the kitchen, I'm not present when I cook. Either I'm trying to sneak in lunch while I'm on a virtual meeting, or throwing together dinner after work while still replying to notifications on my phone and 
writing reminders for myself like you need to call the dentist tomorrow on lunch break and oh you're out of pepper put that on the grocery list for this weekend and did you wash your sheets last week or was it two weeks ago or was it actually somehow last month and when was the last time you called mom and did you somehow forget to pay your credit card bill this month no you checked your reminders app you did it but you didn't set a timer for these noodles did you thank goodness you caught that one you did they still need two minutes and by the way where is that spoon you could have sworn you were just holding My meals have been lacking intention. In Chinese, we say yong xin. Translate the characters separately and you have yong, meaning use, and xin, meaning heart. Put together, yong xin means to be diligent, attentive, to use your heart, and to be intentional. Work has picked up lately, and it's been a challenge to juggle multiple aspects of life, so I'm working to be more intentional with my time, to prioritize where to use my heart, and put it towards what really matters to me. I think one of the harsh realities of coming into adulthood is the realization that relationships require more intention. Without the structure of school ensuring that you'll probably bump into each other in the hallway, you have to be conscious about reaching out, to remember to call, to text. And maybe in the same way that a great bowl of noodles requires intention, the secret ingredient to our relationships, in all the forms they take, is also intention. And maybe love is intention. Consciously choosing something. Someone. The world is hectic and you can get pulled in a million directions, but just like a chef in a hectic restaurant, it's within your power to choose to focus on the noodles. Where do you want to use your heart? I don't have a conclusion or a neat way to wrap this episode up. Like I said, half big thoughts on love, but... As far as mom's noodles go, I think I've got it down. In the past two years of making this dish, I have noticed that they do taste the best when I cook from the heart. Of course, that's just my secret ingredient, and I invite you to create your own. You know, it can be a lunch, it can be a dinner, right? Or midnight snack. <laughs> it can be anything. Could be anything, yeah. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Recipes for Life. This season is made possible with the generous support of Spotify SoundUp program. This episode features my mom. The show is produced by yours truly. And for the recipes we talk about and more, you can head to recipesforlife.substack.com. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. This is not uh, like spaghetti. Though. It's not like spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, you took like the seven minutes, like eight minutes, right? Yeah. It's just a uh, fresh noodles. It's a yeah. much shorter time to cook. It's very big to cook.